Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Selling Greenville. I am your host, Stan McCune, realtor here in the greater Greenville area of South Carolina. And as always, you can find all of my contact information in the show notes. Reach out to me for whatever you need at any time. I'm happy to help you. Um, And of course, as I always say, please uh, subscribe, leave a rating, leave a review for the show. I would really appreciate that. Helps to get it out to more eyes and ears. Um, Helps uh, me to be able to have uh, more confidence in keeping the show going, which a lot of you... I think most of my listeners are repeat listeners, and I appreciate that. Just go ahead and and whatever app you're using, hit that rating button, hit that review button, um, and then type a nice little little note about how awesome this show is. I would really appreciate that. Today we're going to be talking about something that it it might be a little bit niche, but I think that there is um, greater ramifications to different audiences. Um, I, I, I think that there could be applications for this episode to more than just the very niche audience that it's initially or at least superficially designed for. We're talking about buying a house sight unseen. Now, there aren't a whole lot of times where you would buy a house sight unseen, and that's why I'm saying it's niche, but I do think that there are some takeaways from this that that you might be able to have that could help you. And for those of you that are particularly investors, um, you will probably have to buy a house or buy property at some point sight unseen. And that's something that you'll need to to have a filter through which to consider it. Um, I have done this a few different times. Um, Specifically, I I bought some properties early on when I first started real estate investing from the Greenville County foreclosure auction. Um, The foreclosure auction does not allow you. That's a monthly thing. And I I don't know if it's still ongoing during COVID or if they, uh, I know they stopped it for a while. They may uh, have restarted it. I'm not sure. I haven't gone to it in a while. But um, you're, you're not able to access the property prior to purchasing it. Um, that's just the reality of the of the situation with it. Um, but I, I had to purchase a property site unseen there. Uh, we have the tax sale, the Greenville County tax sale coming up here uh, in uh, not too long. That's another example of where, uh, particularly for investors, where you might find yourself buying something sight unseen. Um, and then there are times when if you're buying rental properties, perhaps multi-unit properties, you might not be able to get into all the units. And that may end up being the kind of thing where um, you just kind of have to take that into account. You might get into one unit, you might not get into the other unit, you know, if it's a duplex, and you might have to just kind of project what that duplex might look like. Um, And so those are kind of the key situations where you might find yourself buying sight unseen. There are some other instances, um, but those are the ones that, uh, the, the primary ones that, that come to mind. Um, and, and when you have those opportunities, if you're an investor, I should mention, um, being able to do that is really powerful. That you can avail yourself to some opportunities that are out there that you never would be able to otherwise. Um, and so on the investment side, being able to confidently purchase something sight unseen is really, really important. So similar to um, my last episode, 
where we talked about, at least if I do these in order, because I'm recording some of these ahead of time, uh, but where we talked about the risk, uh, trying to mitigate your risk when it comes to making an as-is offer. Um, similarly, when you're buying something sight unseen, you want to mitigate the risk. And of course, this is the ultimate risky real estate transaction, right? Because you are buying this almost certainly as is. Um, and in addition to that, you don't even have a chance to to do the, the, the kind of pre-due diligence that we talked about in that episode about as is purchases. Like you're not even able to get inside the unit. You don't even know, they might not even have you know, an AC at all, let alone one that works. Um, so you're, you're taking a substantial risk, but there are some things to look for. And again, I'm, I'm kind of assuming for the purposes of this show, for the purposes of this episode, that you're not allowed to gain access to the property because normally you can't. Normally it's trespassing, um, but you can do a drive-by. And so I'm going to operate under that assumption um, I know that there have been plenty of instances where people have trespassed, looked in windows, etc. I'm not encouraging anyone to do that. Um, I'm going to assume for the purposes of the show uh, that when we talk about purchasing something at, um, sight unseen, that the closest you can get to that property is doing a drive-by. Um, so how do you assess the property when you're only doing a drive-by? And and like I said before, this has deeper ramifications. This can help you assess a property, even one that you're going into. Well, you can start by looking at satellite imagery. And and really, the simplest is just to look on Google Maps, change it over to satellite view, and look at what you see. And oftentimes, you can even go back in time and, and change. And, and by the way, make sure that you look on uh, Google Maps on their satellite view, see when that imagery was taken. Was it taken just a few months ago? Or was that several years ago? That can that can make a big difference. Um, but usually, um, you can toggle, if they've got multiple different images, you can toggle between them and, and see what it looked like perhaps 10 years ago compared to what it looks like now. Um, but when you look at that, particularly if it's a recent picture, recent satellite image, what do you see? Do you see a junky car in the backyard? Do you see cats everywhere? Um, Do you see weird things happening in in the neighborhood? Um, Just different things that would cause some red flags. Do you see a tarp on the roof? Um, Different things like that. Or do you see it just looks like a normal house, normal neighborhood. Nothing really stands out. I don't see anything uh, that would be concerning about this for whatever reason. It just looks normal. Um, that satellite imagery can can give you uh, a good idea, some good things to look for uh, to kind of start pointing you in, in the right direction and at least helping you to get an idea of perhaps what might be going on inside the house. Um, obviously, if you're doing a, a drive a drive-by, look at the community itself. Drive around the community, particularly the street that that house is on, and what's the vibe of the community? Typically, rundown homes come in bunches, right? So if the street has several rundown homes, there's a 
pretty good likelihood that the house that you're looking at is also going to be run down. What about the cars? Are the cars beat up? You know, are they all dinged up? Uh, 25, 30 year old cars. Um, that tells you that tells you something about the community as well. Um, and it can th- these types of things as you look at the community can be indicative that there might be long-standing maintenance issues with the house itself. Um, of course, then you need to look at the house proper, um, whatever you can see from the street. And what does it look like? Can you see some clear maintenance issues? Remember, as I've said multiple times, if you can see things that are wrong with the house, there's a lot that you can't see. And this is especially true if you're only looking at it from the outside. You're not able to look at it uh, on the inside of the house. Um, There's going to be substantial work probably to be done on the inside of the house if you can see stuff um, outside of just the normal little things, uh, stuff that needs to be done on the outside. Here's one that I personally run into. Um, Do you see just a lot of stuff piled up in the front or the backyards? This is a really bad sign. Uh, Because, as I learned the hard way, you might inherit a hoarder hoarder house. Um, In the case of the one that I inherited, there was like probably 15 full garbage bags in front of the garage. Um, Well... A good rule of thumb, if there's 15 or so garbage bags in front of the house, there's probably a whole lot more inside the house. That trash had to come from somewhere, um, and there's probably a whole lot more of it either behind the house, inside the house, inside the garage, etc., etc., and that can be a disaster. can obviously increase your costs for having to trash out the house. Um, it increase your your time for being able to get in get estimates all that kind of stuff Um, if there's a lot of trash inside the house there's likely pest issues in there so there's all sorts of things that that uh, can be indicative of another thing to look for does the house look secure Um, does it look like the door may have been kicked in at some point do windows are windows open or broken um are there indications that there might not be full security at that house, that perhaps there are squatters living in there? Um, perhaps, you know, people have gone in and stolen a bunch of stuff. If you can see uh, the little electrical meter, um, or if you can see where the AC should be, it's, it's a good sign if those things are still there. If you see where the AC should be and there is no AC there, it was probably stolen. If you see where the electrical meter should be and there is no meter there anymore it was likely stolen Um, those are are bad signs that means probably a lot of stuff inside the house has been stolen usually with that comes a lot of damages to the house itself Um, and so that is another thing that you can look for on the outside is the house on a slab or a crawl space or a basement foundation this is a really important one uh, for me because, and, and, and also, you know, is it tri-level? That's another consideration as well. Um, a home on a slab has so fewer risks when you're purchasing it sight unseen than a home that's on a crawl space or particularly a home 
that's on a basement. You get you're increasing your risks as that foundation gets lower and lower for moisture, termite issues, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, I feel much more confident myself purchasing a slab home sight unseen than I do purchasing a crawl space or basement home sight unseen. Um, that said, if you're looking at a house and it is on a crawl space or a basement, look for indications that, okay, maybe there are issues here. Look for indications that there might be moisture issues. If you're able to drive by during the rain, uh, do it. That will tell you a lot about the flow of the water, what's happening, is it being diverted away from the foundation, or is it just being diverted straight to the foundation? Um, you can also kind of look at that a little bit just as you're looking at the house from the street. Is there a negative grade towards the foundation, um, or is it properly graded, all of that? Those are all uh, really important considerations. I would say if the home is a basement home, you should just automatically assume there are issues. Add that into your budget. You will need to do some sort of probably moisture remediation in, in the basement. That is almost a universal for these types of homes. And oftentimes the reason why homes are being sold sight unseen because they're in foreclosure or whatever the case may be, oftentimes it's because they ran out of money to fix things like moisture, flooding, whatever, in the basement. Automatically assume that that you know add a good five ten thousand dollars to your budget to account for that um, and last but not least if you're able to talk to any neighbors particularly right there on that street see if they know anything about the house they might have some great insight for you they the nosy neighbor you know um, or the HOA president whatever they may have been inside the house at some point um, or they might be able to get, just give you some really excellent insight um, know that they probably are frustrated with the house, frustrated that it, you know it's gone into disrepair and foreclosure and all of that. So they may uh, really paint a very negative picture and uh, make it sound like just everything is falling apart inside the house. So do take it with a grain of salt, but at the same time, it can give you an idea if you ask very specific questions and keep them on track um, they might be able to give you some more helpful feedback than if you just let them just keep it broad and just say, oh, yeah, this house has tons of issues. I mean, it needs everything done. Um, no, don't, don't, ask, don't let them just go like that. Ask some specific questions. Um, is, how are the kitchen cabinets? What type of countertops are in there? Are you aware? Did you ever see any broken windows in the house? Are the windows updated? Um, Different things like that. If it's an older house, um, has do you know if the electric the electricity to the house was updated at some point? All sorts of different things like that. Specific questions that you can answer that can help you get an idea of of what's going on with that house from someone who doesn't necessarily know what they're looking for, um, which would typically be a neighbor. Um, and and again. You're putting all of this together to kind of assess the risk. You're getting all of this information to assess the risk to determine what you're going to offer for the house, what you're going to bid for the house. And at the end of the day, you need to give yourself a ton of buffer, a ton of buffer if you're doing an, an auction or something like that, um, a tax sale. Um, there's going to be things 
wrong with the house that there was just no way to anticipate because you weren't able to get inside of it. So you have to be extremely careful in those situations. Um, but at the same time, all these different ways to assess the house without going into it, these are things that even if you're just buying a normal house that's on the market and you are going to go inside the house and you are going to have full inspections and all of that, some of these things are useful um, for you to do anyway as you just assess the house from the street. Start thinking about what are the possibilities here um, that could indicate that there is deferred maintenance inside the house that I might not see at first glance. That's it. I don't recommend purchasing sight unseen, but there occasionally are some opportunities like that in the investor world. And so now you know. Now you know some some things that you can do to help you to assess the property without ever going into it. And I hope that's helpful for someone at some point. If not, it was helpful for me to, to think it through, to channel my thoughts for the next time that I do this, which is, by the way, not my preference. I do not I very rarely buy sight unseen. The purchase price has to be really, really attractive for me to even consider that. Um, so just so that you know, that is not at all uh, my preferred. But sometimes that's the only way to go about it, and sometimes it's worth it. But that's it for today's episode. I appreciate you guys listening. If you don't mind, please Leave a rating and or a review if you haven't done that already. Subscribe if you haven't done that already to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. And, of course, reach out to me. My contact information is in the show notes, as always. Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the week. Stay safe. Stay warm. Enjoy the fall that we're going into here. <laughs>